Welcome to yet another thrilling edition of the Thought Police. Um, and we talked at last, uh, the last um, edition, Matt, about how um, I think now that Boris Johnson has really got a bit between his teeth and he's definitely heading for an exit of one kind or another on October 31st, they could still come up with a deal. But I think what we should talk about at the moment is this terrible state that the old Labour Party's in. Yeah. Because Alistair Campbell, who's been away for quite some time, wasn't really around during the whole Boris thing. And I think you said... Um, last week, but well, you're going to hear from him soon. Yes, and it was even sooner than I thought because it, 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 it was that day, it was that day, it was that night yeah. where he came back and basically said he doesn't want to get back into the Labour Party. So I've been, he's no longer interested in being in the Labour Party. No, and and he's and he has called for Corbyn to go, which he hadn't done in yeah. the past. And he makes a very strong case. You know, he, he wrote this three and a half thousand word uh, open letter to Corbyn, and basically said, you know, you've got to recognise that you're just not the man. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, and. If you want, uh, if you want the parties to survive and thrive and, and have power, you've got to step aside. Yeah. And and while you're there, I'm not interested in being a Labour Party member, and I've got total sympathy with him. Yeah. But the trouble is, the people who are around Corbyn and the uh, not the Parliamentary Party, who are mostly, or at least to a large extent, more likely to be sympathetic to Campbell. You know, the Labour Party members who have made Corbyn their leader yeah. hate Alistair Campbell, yes, hate Tony Blair, yeah. hate Gordon Brown, hate Tom Watson. Yeah. You know, they don't like any of those but, centrist Blair types, yeah. do they? Well, this is the point, really, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I, I, I've never thought of myself as a centrist before, but I was certainly very happy. Have with, you always been a Labour guy, then? Yes, all my life. Yeah. Except, I could, you know, honest to God, I couldn't bring myself to vote for Labour right now. I yeah. live in Corbyn's constituency. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have to vote Liberal Democrat or Green. Yeah. I voted Green at the last at the Euro election. Did you? Yeah, I did. Because I thought, you know, if anyone deserves a, a bit of a encouragement, mm. it's the Green Party. Yeah. You know? And I think Caroline Lucas... I'd be very careful about encouraging them if I were you, because the last thing you want is the Green Party in charge of anything. Well, well, I don't think they'll ever be in charge, will they? Well, they unlikely. will if people keep thinking, oh, let's just give them a vote and, you know, pat them on the head well, and maybe. let them go along there. Particularly yeah. if you give them proportional representation. Yeah, you know, but I wouldn't. Well, so I would have proportional representation because I mm. think it's really weird, and it cuts both ways. Because you remember when UKIP got what was it, eight percent or four percent? I think they vote? got four percent of the vote, and they should so have they got had, no seats. And at got all. no seats. They should have got something like twenty seats. So no wonder people feel pissed off. Yeah, you know, if you voted, if you, you know, if you but this is why inevitably the Lib Dems under the current system will never do very no, well no. because they come second in an awful lot of constituencies, right. right? And they get a big percentage of the vote. But they don't get a big percentage of the seats. In the end, they've still only got 13 seats at the yeah, moment, if, even though they just won Brecon and Radnorshire. If they had uh, proportional representation, they'd have, you know, 60, 70 seats. And, Probably. And, or maybe even more now. Well, the, there are two reasons. I don't disagree with you, and I'm not against it all the way. However, I would say that the problem with proportional representation is you end up almost certainly always with a coalition government. Yeah, that you might, might, you might thing, say yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But are we that kind of country, though? I don't think we are. I think no. the Brexit debate has proven that we are a very polarised country. Well, I'd sooner that, try anything to get away from where we're at now. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, when one of the things that people complained about when Cameron and Blair were both up against each other was that there was hardly anything to choose yeah. between the Tories and the Labour Party. That's true. Yeah. And now, look where we are. We've now yeah. got a very left-wing Labour Party and what he calls a very far-right Tory party. Yeah. And so never the twain shall meet. And if the Lib Dems are in the middle... Um, and Brexit is somewhere in there as well, you know, I'm not sure it's a good idea to then try and mix all that into a sort of coalition because mm. you'd never get them to agree on anything. Well, we've got a coalition now, albeit a poxy Yeah, but it's not much of a pop coalition, no, is it? No, but it just shows you the kind of trade-offs that, yeah. that 
if not done properly, a coalition can bring. You know, uh, you now got Arlene Foster basically, or has been dictating. Yeah. Policy, some to, policy, to 10, you know. but not all policy. No. Whereas, I mean, I've seen it happen in the Scottish Parliament, for example, where the Greens became quite a key type player and managed to get quite a lot of Green style um, legislation through because yeah. they had to be given, um, you know, the nod by the SNP to let them stay in power. I think it leads to all kinds of small parties mm. getting things done mm. and getting things put through in budget statements and that kind of thing. So, I think it makes it difficult in a way for the electorate to vote for who they want to win. Yeah. Because you're actually not voting for a winning party. You're voting effectively to try and sort of have slightly more people than the other guy. Mm. So you're not really voting for a policy. So if the, if the Labour Party or the Tory Party stand on a particular policy, all you know is that that probably will never come to pass. Yeah. No, I so think I think that policy, makes it more difficult. It's not easy. I just think there's something inherently wrong with this first-past-the-post. Yeah, I think there is. I agree. Yeah. But I don't know what the answer is. The other problem I've got with proportional representation, and particularly if they use that list system, which they use in Scotland, is that you can vote for a party, but you can't vote for an individual because yeah. the party themselves choose the order of who gets elected. Yeah. So you could be electing someone you don't even like. That's right. You Talking know? of which, yeah. get the, back to Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. Well, nobody <laughs> likes him. I mean, I've never met anyone that I like who likes Jeremy Corbyn. No, it's weird, isn't They're it? quite a nasty bunch of people. And I'm, certainly on social media, yeah. they are some of the worst oh offenders when it comes no, to no, no. you know, abuse. They're awful people. Yeah. And they're so self-righteous and so chipped you mm. know, in their brains that they can't deal with any dissent no and they can't deal with any criticism right. at all you know so and they what they so how would you get a coalition going with somebody like that well you i mean you could well you can't you can't that's why i think campbell's saying you've got to go yeah. but you could imagine for instance a you know a, what do they call it a government of national unity yeah led by someone like keir starmer for instance you could you know or yvette cooper even but it, this is where i think we're going to end up somewhere mm. if if brexit's going to be stopped right i think it, that's what's going to have to happen, is that there's got to be almost a parliamentary coup against the government. Well, this is one of the things we talked about in the last podcast, that you know, if in fact these people think they can stop Brexit, they have the vote of no confidence, that presumably their next stage, and I think Dominic Greaves hinted at this, that will be to go somehow en masse to the Buckingham Palace yeah. room of rooms and talk to the Queen and say, yeah. we wish to form a government. Yeah, which is, which is really but, tough on the Queen. I mean, now I don't, know, I don't know exactly how that works, no. because I don't think anyone's ever done that before. I think it's up to the Queen, doesn't it? I think, ultimately. does she not have to take a recommendation from the outgoing Prime Minister, though? Uh, I don't I don't. Who think has so. to first resign, like, because Theresa May had to go right. to, Parliament, to, to Buckingham Palace, right? right. And not only resign, yeah. but then recommend Boris Johnson. Yes, but I don't think if you're... Like, I don't think, and we'll have to look this up, maybe yeah. we can go into this in the yeah. next podcast, but I, I think it would be really odd mm. if the outgoing Prime Minister was forced to recommend something that he or she thought was completely wrong. Yeah. So, Well, I can't imagine Boris Johnson going to the Queen and saying, I now recommend that what we have yeah. is a, um, a government of, uh, national of national unity, which headed is not headed by me. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine Boris? I don't think so. No, that's not going to That's happen. not going to I mean, he'd be lying, himself, he'd be lying yeah. down in front of the bulldozers yeah. uh, outside of Buckingham Palace, as yeah. he promised to do at Heathrow. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got a majority of one now. Yeah. And, you know, should something happen, and there's, and there's loads... Well, there's a pretty good chance that when they come back in September, Philip Lee's going to go. Yeah. Um, but I spoke to a Tory MP about that the other day, and he said, well, you know, to be honest, Philip Lee hasn't voted with the government for such a long time that we couldn't care less whether he stays or not. 
So their yeah. view is, well, we might have a, we, we can either have a majority of one or a majority of none. It doesn't really make but, any difference. But the numbers aren't going to be the Remain side's problem because there are plenty of Conservative MPs who think that Boris Johnson is taking us down to a... There know, are, a but will place. they vote for their own demise, though? That's the I think question. They, I think people like uh, Dominic Grieve are so principled and hold Boris well, Johnson's contempt. I wouldn't, well, hold, that, I, wouldn't, that's what I, wouldn't I would I wouldn't describe him as principled well, where he's, he's going against the vote of the national... Um, uh, of his government. Of his government of his and also of his constituency. Yeah. You know, his but, constituency voted to leave. I know. And I, we go over this time and time again, yeah. so I just hope everybody doesn't switch off. But this is the... this. Actually, is, more and more people are switching on. Yes, I know. But, you know? Well, by the way, thank you very yeah. much for listening to the us. The numbers are going up. I'm not sure I'd bother my ass, but well, thank you. Well, listen, that's because you've already said it. You're going to listen back to it later. But the numbers are going up great, so help us by uh, recommending it to somebody. Yes. Definitely give us a rating, especially yeah. if you read this on... And send us an email as well. On iTunes. And send us are we going to do some of those soon? We're going to do that again. We'll do some of those soon, shall we? So the email was... The thethoughtpod yes. at gmail.com so let us know how we're getting on yeah. or if you want us to talk about something but anyway th- this is the great great crux of the matter is do we live in a representative democracy or a direct democracy yeah. and this is where the referendum screwed everything up because right. it introduced direct democracy mm. i.e. the people speak yes. the people get what they want give it to the people and interrupt well, you lot want to give it back to the people inter- don't you Yes, yes. Well, we, we, I think it's the best way to solve yeah. an insoluble problem. Uh-huh. Anyway, we can good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, even the people's vote, people are rowing about amongst themselves, including yeah, Campbell, well, because they can't do. work out. Well, because Campbell quite rightly says, if you're going to campaign to remain in the European Union while at the same time asking for a second referendum, you're barking up the wrong tree twice because you're going in two opposite directions and you should either campaign for yeah. a vote yeah. second vote yeah. or campaign in some way to stay in and that's that's my view you know yeah. as we said last time i think you know if if we got if we got a second referendum and by the way i seriously think there are lots of leavers who either have changed their mind or would welcome the opportunity to, uh, to really... You've been listening to Stephen Doughty, haven't you? I haven't. No, yeah. you should watch the Stephen Doughty interview that I did with him, which is on YouTube. Oh, really? Where he promises me that he's had thousands of emails. Thousands. Thousands no, of emails. I haven't had thousands, no. Yeah, it's, neither has he, by the way. Um, <laughs> thousands of emails from people who had voted to leave, but who yeah. now wish that they hadn't. I'm and I said, you. I don't believe you. Yeah. He said, oh, that's nice, you're calling me a liar. I said, no, I'm not calling you a liar, I just don't believe you. I said, why don't you provide us with evidence that you've got these thousands of emails? He's like, I'll put them all online. And of course, he hasn't put any of them online. Good, good for you. Because he doesn't have them. Yeah. I'm not having that. Well, by the way, I only wish that people, journalists in general, had done more of this calling out through the whole thing. Exactly. I've seen so much bullshit just slide by on radio, especially on the Today programme, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just slide by on Challenge. Yeah. When when the, the interviewer should be screaming at them... Prove it. Yeah. Show me. Demonstrate exactly. it. You know. And unfortunately, the, the net result is it, people hear that and just think, oh, well... Uh, well, I had Christine Jardin right on, the Lib Dem MP for Edinburgh West, right? Yeah. She started banging on about how... Or I've got... Because you can tell I've got some kind of antenna in me. I don't know if I was born with it. But I just know when somebody's talking bollocks, Bullshit right? Detection. And she went, oh, yeah, I've got a friend who's, uh, who's a diabetic. And you go, really? <laughs> And what did your friend who's diabetic say? Oh, well, she's very concerned about where the insulin's going to come from. And I said, why is that then? Oh, well, because we get all our insulin from Europe. I said, yeah, well, and I literally just had a quick look to see where insulin is manufactured in the yeah. world. Guess what? It is manufactured in Europe. It's also manufactured in Brazil, in America, yeah. uh, in Switzerland, yeah. which is outside of the European Union, in all sorts of other countries yeah. in the Far East. You can get insulin from all over the place. Yeah. You don't have to wait, make people worry. And then she said, the other thing about insulin is that if it gets stuck in a... Um, 
a lorry at Calais, it ceases to be of any use because it's got, you know, very short time span. Guys were ringing my show saying, I'm a diabetic, I'm a type 1 diabetic, I've got a package in front of me of insulin, which is good for three months. Yeah. So it's not true to say right. that it will run out of usefulness if it's stuck in a lorry, and I'm sure. uh, unrefrigerated yeah. for five days. And it, one, it won't be unrefrigerated, it'll be a refrigerated lorry. Yeah. And two, why would the people who currently sell it to us suddenly go, do you know what, we're going to double the price yeah. because there's going to be tariffs put on and you won't be able to buy it. Well, I don't think it's about tariffs or... I think it's about the transport of medicines has to be regulated across borders and you have to have some structure in place, which won't be in place mm. in the case of a no deal. But look, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it Even won't ever though, be put in place, does it? Of course it? not. And, and, you know, as bad as I think this government is, they're not so stupid that they're going to risk Well, they're better than the last one. Diabetics falling over in the street. Well, they're better than the last one, aren't they? Well, they certainly are. But that was a very... That's I mean, a maybe very, that's why Theresa May didn't want to do the deal, because she's a diabetic. You know, we haven't heard that yeah. one yet. We'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah, well, she knew more than anybody else did. That's why she doesn't want to run out of insulin. Like Theresa May's diaries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all Jesus comes Christ. Out. Can you imagine a more boring book? I mean, she'd be one of the few prime ministers who couldn't write an interesting book. Went, went for a walk in Wales. Wish it hadn't bothered. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, I mean, you know, let's go back to Corbyn again, because yeah. the problem for them, right, and I was watching a very interesting interview uh, over the weekend, um, with the guy who is the um, shadow health co- health uh, minister for yeah. the Labour Party, Ashworth, is it? Um, uh, yes, John Ashworth. John Ashworth, yeah. right? Who seems to laugh an awful lot, considering the state enough. of his. He yeah. seems very jolly, considering the state of his. I like the cut of But he was given chapter and verse of Labour's performance in all of the elections from Brecon and Radnorshire yeah. all the way back through the European elections. One of the early first sort of part, first past the post by elections when he first became leader. And in no uh, Labour case has their share of the vote gone up. No. I mean, even in Peterborough, which they held on to, it went down. I, mate, I love what amuses me whenever there's some sort of bad electoral news for Labour yeah. these days yeah. is you go online and you look at Twitter and you can see this kind of, there's this moratorium from all these sock puppet accounts, oh, yeah. you know, and all these Corbyn outrights right. the consoles. And it takes them about 45 minutes to, to work, work out. out a spinach. Yes. And then suddenly, something, uh, Owen Jones, that. Yeah, Owen don't Jones. upset him. He'll uh, come oh, after no, you no, again. I'll get piled on. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, he Steady. came. He came out with this tweet saying, "Ah, but you know, if you go back forty years, you'll find out that yeah. blah blah blah." And the point is that Labour are in opposition against the worst Conservative yeah. government in history, and they're losing and ground. They, and Jeremy Corbyn should be 25, 30 yeah. points ahead in the polls. Yeah. On a, certainly on a person, any other leader would mm. be. Any other leader would Well, do you know, they nearly lost the deposit in Brecon, yeah, right? amazing. And this guy said, Ashworth said to the, the journalist interview, he said, oh, well, you know, the reason that we didn't care so much about the by-election was because we saw from a very early stage that it was a Lib Dem Tory battle between yeah. those two. Now, I looked it up, right? Until 1979, Labour that was seat. a Labour seat. That's a, it was a very seat. safe, solid yeah. Labour seat. Yeah. Got yeah. lost in the Thatcher's kind of whirlwind, right? Yeah. But they've never got it back. Yeah. And it's now gone between Liberal and Tory, yeah. 15 years each in that 30-year period, right? So it was no big surprise that Lib Dems won. I actually uh, invoked the Lib Dem... Um, uh, what do you call it, the Lib Dem logic that they used after the European elections. And I said to Christine Jardin, by the way, I said, you realise you haven't actually won this by-election, don't you? Because if you add up the Tory party and the Brexit party, they've got 48%, you've only got 43 And she said, well, that's ridiculous. I said, well, that's what you were saying after the European elections. And they don't like that. They're going, well, it's not really strictly that's good, that's true. Good, that's good. But she came out with an even more ridiculous line, right, um, in which she basically said that all the people who voted Leave 
um, are like children and we are kind of like adults and we're the ones that are going to tell them what it is that they've done wrong. Ridiculous. And she said, I've got a 23-year-old daughter, yeah. you know, and if she says that she's going to do something that I don't think is wise, I tell her. Hmm. And I was like, if I was your daughter, I'd hmm. tell you to get lost, it's darling. It's so bloody condescending. You know, one, it's condescending. Two, she's 23. Yeah, she's right? an adult. Yeah. She's an adult. What, what on earth gives you the yeah. right to tell her? And yeah. she's like, I didn't say that. And I said, so you've, you've moved away from the everybody yeah. voted leaves a bigot and, a, and an idiot to now saying that they're like children. This is the problem. And, and it, know, went, it went crazy. And people couldn't believe it. As I hope people have picked up by now, I am a hardcore Remainer. But this is... People like your Remainy side, though. I've seen, I'm afraid to say, quite a few sort of compliments coming turn, your am way. Am I turning people? No, you're not. No. But, they're, but they quite like you because they feel that you're reasonable. Yeah. Which is much more the case... Um, and much more unusual to be the case than it is with a lot of people who go on about it. Well, you do know? you know what happens, Mike? I think it's the unreasonable ones who get more airplay mm. because they just make better TV. Yeah. You know, if you can get Owen Jones shouting at, you know, Ian Dale or yeah. whoever it might be. Right. Actually, that's not fair on Ian Well, Ian Dale's, Dale's quite a reasonable... Ian's a very reasonable guy, guy yeah. and, and measured. Uh, so if you can get him shouting at some bloke from Guido Forks yeah. or, you know, one of these sort of... Policy bureaus. Right. Well, most of them have been hired by Downing Street, to be fair. Yes, no, amazing. I mean, they've, go, they've gone for the very sharp and the very clever amazing. youngsters. Yeah. You know, like, like Ross Kempsell, like Ross Kempsell. who came from, uh, you know, Talk Radio. Yeah. Like Chloe Wesley, yeah. who came from the Taxpayers Alliance. Yeah. There's a couple of other people who have come from the Institute of Economic Affairs, these right-wing think tanks, and they're all very clever. Very, this is what I was saying last time about, you know, they've hired some very smart people, so yeah. they can't any longer use the argument that these are just, you know, idiots who are yeah. a bit thick and who don't understand anything, because they do. Chloe Wesley thinks that we've got a problem with her and the New European. Does she? she? Yeah, she's always tweeting about oh, I like Chloe Wesley. Well, do you know what? I, I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I like her, but I certainly don't dislike her. And she, mm. as you said, you know, she's clearly super smart, very yeah. articulate, gets a great message across. I just think that, as I've always thought with these things... Yeah. I'm transparent about who's paying my salary. Yeah. She should be transparent about. But isn't that who's a bit of an obsession? Paying... No, but it's important. Isn't that a bit of an it? obsession it's about? No, because it's another one of those things that whenever anyone from the taxpayers' alliance pops up, yeah, um, they get. Oh, who's funding you? But isn't that important? If if, if they're well, it's lobbying... important if it's fair to everybody. Well, but it isn't. Yes, but I think it should be. Who's if... funding our future, our choice, for example? Does well, anybody ever ask that question? Well, I think they do, and I think it's very clearly is it funded on public subscriptions? Yeah, is it? it's certainly not given a lump of money by George Soros. Are you sure? Anyone. Yeah, I'm sure. How are you sure? Oh. How do you know? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Have you asked them? Have you seen their accounts? I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you? Well, we'll have to come back to that. We'll one. come back to that. All one, right. Yeah. But anyway, the point is that uh, I think it's important if an organisation is lobbying for a certain perspective yeah. to government and they're on Question Time, and they're on the radio and Sky News all yeah. the time, and they're peddling this agenda. But a lot of the, they yeah, should but they say, whose who's yeah, agenda on. is it? Well, I, I don't think that matters. I mean, it's very clear that they're coming from a particular if it point of view. Ma- Mike, if it didn't matter, they're coming they from a particular say, point of view. It obviously matters, because they well, won't say I don't think say. so. I don't think it Why does. don't they just say that? Well, because it's none, of their, it's none of anybody's business. If they're run as a private operation and a private organisation, I'm, I'm sure if they're a company, they're registered at a company's house, right? So you can look at their accounts, yeah. and if you look at their accounts and you study the accounts and you tell me that there's a massive amount, massive amount of money over here, yeah. we'd like to know where that comes from. Right. If they are a publicly traded company, they yeah. have to answer. So it's it. no one's business, right? I'm not saying it's no one's business. I'm saying they don't have to answer the question. Right. But so so here's here's a question for you. Then. Yeah. Say, and this is totally hypothetical, mm. and I'm sure it's not the case. Say, 
it was discovered that Steve Bannon was yeah. funding the Taxpayers Alliance. Right. Now, he isn't, right? Just right. For, I'm sure he's not. How do you know? Well, I don't know. You don't. But see, you discovered that Steve Bannon, with all right. of his kind of far-right talk and, and you mm-hmm. know, the box that people are putting yeah. into, would that not be something that would be in the public interest? I know. suppose so, but that's what journalism is meant to be about, isn't it? Well, journalists are supposed so to find out. So you just said, why do you keep asking the questions? Well, no, that's because that's the fucking ah, point. Ah, no, I've got you there. You haven't got me. Because totally what you, got no, you. Because you don't, I mean, journalism is not going up to somebody and going, who funds you? you said journalism that. is about finding out who funds them by some other means. You know, that's like saying, the, you know, going up to Paul Gascoigne and saying, when did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. You know, that's not how you get the story. And he then suddenly confesses to you, oh, yeah, it was actually just last night. Like, you go, well, you find out, you go and talk to his wife. You want to find out who funds the Taxpayers Alliance. Do a bit of fucking digging. Do a bit of work. <laughs> And then maybe splash the exclusive all over page oh, one of the new you European. Sound, you sound like Piers Morgan. Yeah, well, don't Bologna fucking sit. What are you going to do? You're going to get, you know, excuse me, Chloe, would you mind telling us where you get your money from? Oh, yeah, of course, Matt. Okay. I'm so glad you asked. Here's all, right. all of my accounts, okay. and here's where it's all coming from. All right, from. to be serious again. Why should again, they tell you? To be serious again, and to put it back to you. Yeah. If it is important, why should it be left to invest... 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 You Investigative know what journalists, That's yeah. The one. Well... Well, well. In that case, make if if you want to have a regulated society yeah. which says that every political party and every political entity, every think tank, every organisation which is known to man and woman mm-hmm. has to be transparent about their uh, accounts, which it is in the United then States. Then fine. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, how come you know there's all these accusations about the Russians interfering? No. Well, they that, that was them interfering from afar. But oh, I see. all the lobbying groups, yeah, they have to declare all of their income. Mm. And in fact, even on their messages, you know, it says this has been yeah, this message is brought to you so by so such and such. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, no, well, it's, I mean, America's a much more transparent country than Britain, yeah, overall, in every, as- in every aspect of its society. Yeah. You know, you can very much, I mean, I told you when I used to work there, if there was some big story going on in some part of the country, you'd ring up the local cop shop, and they'd fax you through the mugshot of the guy, yeah. or you'd ring up the FBI in Miami and say, yeah, what's all this about an investigation yeah. into, uh, you know, Carl Icahn, you know, the guy's yeah. running for president? Oh yeah, we got that. Yeah. Uh, what do you need? Yeah. They just give you everything oh, over the phone. Your own bloody business. Our lot put the phone we'll down. We'll actually deny it. Yeah, you know. they cover it up. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff the police have got up to um, in the Carl Beach case, apart from anything else, is absolutely shameful. Extraordinary. But the point is, is that you know we don't have those rules in place. Yeah. And I accept what you're saying, but of course you then run into all kinds of problems with well, what do you define as a think tank? Mm. What do you define as a political organisation? You know, if it's a private company. You know, I'd like to know, for example, what Lord Ashcroft was doing, putting out a story today saying that he had basically done a poll of independence in Scotland, where it was an online poll of 1,047 people uh, who now apparently want independence by 46 to 43, right. with 1% unsure. First of all, I was told by a pollster, anything under 2,000, don't even waste bother. It's a waste of time. It means nothing. But what's Lord Ashcroft's interest in independence for Scotland? Because trust me, he will have an interest. Because Lord Ashcroft doesn't do anything yeah. that he doesn't mean to do. Yeah. Whether it's helping Isabel Oakshot to write a book, whether it's giving her access to his private diaries to write another book about you know the Boy Scouts or whatever it is, yeah. whether it's about manipulating who should be in charge of the Tory party, whether it's about giving money here, there and everywhere. You know, he's got an agenda, but we don't know what it is. Well, but at least it's his agenda and we know it's his money. This is... I mean, look, we, I mean, we could go on about this all day, yeah. but I get uncomfortable when people like Chloe end up in Downing Street having got there through making an argument that I don't know whose argument that really is. Now, you might say to me, well, why are you assuming it's not her? Well, whenever so, I've spoken to her, yeah. I've always believed it to be her argument. 
And it's a fairly, you know, it's not a particularly outrageously right-wing argument that she makes. Mm. She makes an argument for relatively small government, uh, for efficient tax collected and spent by government, which I think is fair enough. And I would stand over that and say, well, that's the kind of views I have. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing particularly extreme coming from her, and she certainly never uttered anything that I would have thought was given to her by somebody like Steve Bannon, mm. right, who is a ghastly individual, but who I would did, have no time for. But if he did, and if they, if, if it's not some shady, nefarious group of people yeah. funding this, why don't they just say, look, here's our accounts, it's a public body, here's our accounts. Well, I don't know. Clean as a whistle. I don't know. Exactly. You'd have to ask them. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> We're back to square one. Well, been, we are. You told me well, I'll tell you what, 10 minutes I'll tell you ago. what, I'll make a deal with you. I will ask them. The next time we have something yes. on from the Taxpayers Alliance, I will ask them not... Who's funding you? Like yeah. some kind of, you know, ocker on the tube trying to smash the face in of a Manchester <laughs> City fan. But I will say, why do you think people are interested in knowing who funds you? And why won't you tell them? Yeah. Some ocker, is there some ocker, it? ocker, it's an What's Australian that? term. We're in the middle of the ashes. Some ocker. An ocker is a sort of a ruffian. Oh, uh, in oh. a, if you see an Australian ocker, yeah. mate... He's going to be walking down the street. He's probably got a whip. He's a bit of a robber. You know, he may be able to kill a couple of crocodiles, mate. You know, <laughs> but you know, it's. I, I just think this kind of obsession about the taxpayers' alliance only comes from one side. I mean, I, you know, I'm not that bothered about who funds them. If they say something stupid, I'll challenge them. Mm. I won't say who's telling you to say it. Right. Okay. I mean, no, you I, can say I, the same I, about, for example, when you have cabinet ministers who leave the cabinet and who suddenly find themselves as the, you know, non-executive director of some defence company. Yeah, or George Osborne, for yeah. instance. You know, or, you know... Editing oh, newspapers. Oh, you, excuse me, you used to be the Secretary of State for Defence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're now heading up a company that's yeah. selling arms yeah. to the UK government. Yeah, how did that happen? How does that happen? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that are not as transparent as they ought to be, yeah. in my view. You know? Here's something contentious. I don't think we pay our MPs half as much as we should do. Mm. Well, so I know everyone, really? will, everyone will hate this, go 70 grand or whatever it is, it's a lot of money. Yeah, but don't that. forget about the expenses as well. Yeah, but if you if you want the best of the best, right, you want brilliant minds to apply for these jobs to govern us, not mm. idiots who There's are a lot of brilliant career minds politicians. in Downing Street, and I'm not saying yeah. Chloe Wesley's one of them, but yeah. she might be. Uh, they're not paying them that much money, by the way. No, I know. But I think we should, uh, you know, these are so important, these jobs, that we should be attracting the very best people. And, you know, you look at chief executives of good companies. Yeah, hang on. The guy that runs HS2, right? Yeah. Do you know how much he made last year? No. 750 grand. Did he? He's a total plank. Yeah. They haven't even started running it yet. Yeah. What's he getting paid for? Well, God knows. All they're but doing is uh, buying uh, up land. He's Chris Grayling's and, and, guy, and doubling the price of what the original fucking budget was. Yeah. You know? So it's not always necessarily true that just because you pay some bloke 500 grand no. in some publicly run... Because it would just become jobs for the boys. But it would... Well, I'm not sure it would. I think you'd get a huge amount of very talented people applying for really? it. And they wouldn't be distracted. That's my point, is mm. that you wouldn't be thinking, Christ, I can't afford to pay my mortgage in Fulham, right? Which well, no, just get me to pay it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got very upset when I had uh, some Labour MP in once, the guy from the Ronda Valley... Um, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. He got very upset with me when I said, you know, I'm paying for your lavish lifestyle. He's no, you're not. I said, yeah, I am. I said, you know, your expenses come out the taxpayers. He said, well, I pay tax. Yeah. I said, yeah, but you wouldn't have any money to pay tax on if you didn't come from me in the first place. They don't understand. They don't get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think if I've never seen a poor MP and I've never seen any MP complaining about how difficult it is to make ends meet. Well, do you know... All of their travel is yeah. paid for. Yeah. If they're staying in London because they've got a house in their own constituency, that is inevitably paid for. Yeah. If they, or, they, or they've bought a place yeah, already. Yeah, 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 you right. know, they can employ members of their family. 
which which always helps with the yeah. old. You know, if I could get uh, you know all the members of my family paid yeah. by the company I work for, that would be great. Well, you'd be one of the biggest employers in the country. I, I would be, yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> and I, I I could probably take a couple of days off a week, you know. But the point is, is that you know they have a very lavish. Look at your mate David Lammy. Yeah, you know, this guy is one of the highest paid. MPs when it comes to expenses, right? This is a guy who said that he needed a second home because he couldn't make it back to Haringey every night. I know that was a few years ago and he sorted that business out. But he's also got one of the biggest offices you've ever seen. He claims about 300000 a year. Does he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do you know, it's interesting. There was a documentary on, I can't remember what it was about, but they had this snippet about before they introduced expenses. Yeah. And basically Thatcher... Right, because the MPs kept saying, seriously, we can't afford to live on what we're yeah. doing at the moment. And Thatcher said, this was the beginning of the expense. This yes. is where it all started. Thatcher said, look, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we'll be very generous with yes. expenses, right? And this is why a lot of MPs, not defending them, but a lot of MPs got it into their heads mm. that it was a bit of a free-for-all. Oh, yeah. you know? Listen, I don't actually yeah. blame the MPs yeah. for misusing the system, because the system was ridiculous. But before she introduced that, there, was, there, were, Labour, there were a couple of Labour MPs on it saying... They had to travel down from mm. the north of England, yeah. and they had to stay in the YMCA, you know, right. in, a, in a dormitory. Right. You know, they had MPs sleeping. Well, in see, that's why I would have. That's why, that's why I would have them do. Yeah. I'd have them literally. <laughs> I'd put a ship on the Thames, right, and yeah. let them go into that a prison ship. Well, there's one. Them. No, there's there's one. It's called the Sunborn um, Yachting Hotel or something, right. and it's down by the XL. And it's down in, you know, Docklands. I haven't seen that. I, stay, I ended up staying there one night because Craig McKenzie and I, when we used to come down to have <laughs> meetings, right, Craig was always looking for new fancy hotels and he got his secretary to book us into this place. It was miles from anywhere. Yeah. He said, yeah, it's right by Canary Wharf. It was about 20 miles from Canary Wharf. And he had to, it was about 40 quid in a cab, you know. And you basically slept in a, in a, a cabin. Was it good? No. It was awful. Small, it was pokey. small, pokey, you're on a yeah. boat. And it was near, there was nothing near it at all. Yeah. And we had to get a black cab out there, and it was about 50 quid, you know, from Canary Wharf. <laughs> anyway, um, but that was because they, yeah. they banned us from using the Four Seasons. You remember when, um, right. before old, uh, what's her face took over? Sly Bailey. Sly Bailey. Um, we used to come, I'd come down from Glasgow, he'd come down from, uh, from Belfast. And we'd stay in the Four Seasons. Amazing. Right? And nobody ever got an eye. I've no idea because the guy never. I think it was more than that. Yeah. I got in there once on a suite, right? <laughs> and the guy behind the counter was French. And in the morning, I came. And I remember I woke up. I woke up in the morning. Three guys were wheeling in a load of breakfast because I was so pissed the night before. I'd ordered everything: you know, kippers, you know, cereal, bloody croissants, full English, the whole world. I once went to um, to Abu Dhabi with the right. mirror. Yeah. for a conference and went with Richard Wallace who was oh, yeah. the editor at the time and Rich, Richard has a penchant for the fine he does yeah. anyway so we stayed in this you hotel you can't drink in Abu Dhabi can you or we can in the no, hotel no you can in the hotel oh, yeah. Right. yeah as Richard proved yes I'm sure <laughs> extensively but we, we got into this hotel it was the, it's, the, it's the hotel that sits on top of the race circuit oh yeah it's got, I think it's called the Mar- Abu, Abu Dhabi Marine or something like this yeah. anyway so we walk into our rooms right. and as soon as I walk into mine I go fuck you know this is amazing right. And I get a text from Wallace like within a minute saying, they've given me Jay-Z's sweet Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, I mean, the Four Seasons literally looks back across the river to London, right? So my, I had this corner room, this suite. Amazing. Um, and beautiful view. But I would come down in the morning and, you know, we'd have been in the bar the night before, lived larging it up and doubles and all this, you know. Yeah. And I'd say, oh, can I get the bill? I don't want to miss your Grammy, this I'm taken care of. And they would just send it straight to the mirror. Fantastic. We would just pay it. So I never actually ever knew what the room rate Happy was, but days. I think it was about four or five hundred quid. I'm pretty sure it's not like that now. 
Well, I got told this was a thing by Pat Pilton eventually. He yeah. said, you know... Um, he was the managing editor and had to sign. Yeah. He to said, even the board are now not allowed to stay there. Sly's right. taking it, cut it all back. Right. This is before I knew that she was, you know, high, you know, siphoning off a lot of money for herself. Should, well, we'll have to clear that up before uh, she sues us. She, yeah, was, well, she was paying herself rather well. She was paying herself quite well. She was a know. victim of the shareholders' spring or whatever they call it. Yeah, them. I mean, when I say siphoning, I, yeah. I mean just paying, paying. herself. I'm, I mean, she I'm wasn't doing it illegally. But she used to have people turn up with shoes and stuff. Honestly, no. She, so sly liked shopping, yeah. like clothes. She so, had people bringing the shopping to her. So there was there was trolley after trolley yeah. of, of um, net-a-porter. Yeah. You know this posh yeah. clothes delivery thing coming right. in and out. But I knew it, I knew it was the last days of Rome mm. when I went downstairs one day to go for a walk, get some fresh air. Yeah. And Sly had this massive long S-class Mercedes, right. like huge thing with TVs right. in the back and everything. And I couldn't stay at the full season and anymore. You see, that's how unreal it, unfair it was. But she also had, the head of security was this incredible kind of South African hard case. Right. He might still be there for a yeah. while. But he was like ex-South African SAS, right. real hard nut. Right. And I'd heard this rumour that Sly Bailey had brought a dog into work, right? And right. that this dog had the run of the 20th floor, right. which is where the executives all right. worked. And I saw this guy outside the door with this little chihuahua <laughs> on, a, on a pink leaf. Right. right. And, and he said, uh, I went up to him and I said, is that what I think it is? And he went, fuck off. <laughs> and I said, is it now your job to take that yeah. thing for a shit? Right. Fuck right off now. <laughs> but it was. That's brilliant. That, that, I mean, it, it had become a That farce. was shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. And then, and then not only that, the worst crime of all, as far as I'm concerned, that she committed, was she got the share price so low by the time I got fired, my share options were worth fuck all. <laughs> when at one point they were worth a hundred grand. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I mean, by the time I actually left the building, they yeah. were literally worth nothing. Really? They so, went down you know, to pennies, didn't they? Yeah. At one point, unbelievable. Are they back up now? I think. But I don't know. Bit, yeah. I don't know. I haven't got any shares anymore. Um, That's another story. Anyway, we've come to the end of another. Uh, Are I we don't finished? Know. Well, we've done already. Corbin off a bit more. Well, you can slide Corbin off some more. All right. Well, let's do it next time. Well, okay. We'll slide him off a little bit more for the final denouement. What can we say about Jeremy Corbyn? Well, will he be the leader of the Labour Party going into the next election, which looks like it's going to happen now in November? Yeah, well, I think if it is November, then the answer will be yes, because oh. they'll be too timid. Well, then he's then the Labour Party are fucked. Then the Labour Party are fucked for five years, yeah. because I think Boris Johnson will win. Yeah. You know, and, uh, well, if he's already left, that means he hoovers up all the Brexit Party votes, because why yeah. would you bother voting for Brexit Party yeah. if we've already left the European and Union? And he's handing out money like confetti yeah. around all the country, and, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a massive problem, and and whatever whether whether you're a massive Brexiteer or a, you know a massive Tory or whatever, the idea that the Labour Party has not got a strong, powerful mm. sense of opposition, yeah, that's that is a complete. Failure. I agree. That's our system is built on that. Yeah, of having a powerful opposition. And what we saw, Corbyn uh, being destroyed by Boris Johnson oh, in that, in that one exchange that they've had at the wrecked end of the last parliament. He wrecked him. I mean, he's never going to come back from that. No, and he can't. He has because Boris now knows he's got it. He has not got the skill set. No, unfortunately. Oh well, that's a happy note to end. There we are. Good See rinse. you next week. <laughs>
real hard nut. Right. And I'd heard this rumour that Sly Bailey had brought a dog into work right, right. and that this dog had the run of the 20th floor, right. which is where the executives all right. worked. And I saw this guy outside the door with this little chihuahua <laughs> on a pink leaf. Right. Right. And he said, uh, I went up to him and I said, is that what I think it is? And he went, fuck off. <laughs> I said, is it now your job to take that yeah. thing for a shit? And right. Fuck right off now. <laughs> but it was. Journalists are supposed so to find out. So you just said, why do you keep asking the questions? Well, no. That's because that's the fucking ah, pointless. Ah, no, I've got you there. You haven't got me. Because totally what you know, because you don't. I mean, journalism is not going up to somebody and going, who funds you? you journalism that. is about finding out who funds them by some other means. You know, that's like saying, the, you know, going up to Paul Gascoigne and saying, when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> you know, that's not how you get the story. And he then suddenly confesses to you, oh, yeah, it was actually just last night. Like, you go... Well, you find out, you go and talk to his wife. You want to find out who funds the Taxpayers Alliance. Do a bit of fucking digging. I woke up in the morning. Three guys were wheeling in a load of breakfast because I was so pissed the night before. I'd ordered everything. You know, kippers, you know, cereal, bloody crossholes, full English. 